You're listening to the Behind the Tee podcast hosted by your favorite club curlers, Rob and Kelly. The show where we share our thoughts on what's happening in the curling world with the internet. But let's be real, we end up talking about football half the time anyways. Welcome to the Behind the Tee podcast with Rob and Kelly. Um, So Rob, have you watched uh, the football playoffs this weekend? No, well, you know, I've been uh, out and about living my life doing exciting things. Um, <laughs> uh, e- hey, even though curfew is uh, over, it's still been like minus 20 all week. So it was a good weekend to stay in and watch football. So yes, I did. Um, very interesting results, I have to say so far, um, except that I am 0 for 2. <laughs> You'll be proud of me. I actually watched uh, last night's game of uh, San Francisco versus Green Bay. Now, I was reading at the same time. I wasn't like actively watching, but I did watch the exciting finale of that you game. You saw the punt block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like didn't even realize what happened. And I was like, what? Because it, it happened right at the end of the game. I know. And it was a close game at that point. And I agree with you. Like I was not actively watching, but by the end, I kind of was. So when that happened, I, uh, I mean, here I am alone in my apartment, but I jumped out. Whoa. I jumped out of my seat. Well, score-wise, it was a close game, but it really wasn't. Like, San Francisco couldn't catch a ball. They just couldn't. Yeah, it, it was a really weird game. Um, And the funny thing is, like, if you're listening to this, you probably have already forgotten about this game by the time this comes out. But, like, uh, the first drive of the game, Aaron Rodgers made it look easy. They scored a touchdown right away, and I was going, okay, well, this game's going to end 49 to nothing or something like that. Yeah. And um, that was the only touchdown they scored. It was really weird. Yeah. And even San Francisco, they didn't score a touchdown the whole game. Well, except no, for that. Until the punt block. But... Yeah, but that wasn't, that was special teams, not because of Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> no, he got them close a few times, but um, man, he threw some bad passes by the time they got down to the end zone. Basically, the 49ers won without an offensive team. I know. It was, it was, uh, I, I've not really seen a game like that in a long time. And I have to say, I was kind of happy. <laughs> yeah. So I had picked Green Bay as well for that game. But just because of the whole, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers just like rubbed me the wrong way this year. So I was kind of rooting for Jimmy. Yeah. So I was like upset that I lost in my pick. But then I was also kind of happy to see San Francisco win. I know. I, the funny thing is like, because you're normally a Packers fan, right? Yeah. But this year, I don't know. They're just, uh, I wasn't vibing the team. I know. And, and the funny thing is that um, I'm kind of indifferent to the Packers, but I feel the exact same way as you. I find that, I mean, we mentioned it last week. I did not take kindly to uh, Aaron Rodgers lying about his vaccine status, but it's not only that. He's been acting very weird all yeah. year. And like you, <laughs> that video you sent me last week summed it up perfectly. <laughs> Yes, there was some NFL panelist who uh, basically just went on a rant going, stop playing the victim. You, no one feels any sympathy for you and uh, don't get your advice from podcasters. And I was like, well, actually, that's not true. You can take advice from us. Well, he was referring to, um, what's his name? Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. like Yeah, but it was so funny when and too, he goes on this whole rant. He's like, look, no one cares that you didn't get vaccinated. Just be honest with it. Like all the other players. And he's like, even if let's say you are right, like the other greats of the time. And then he made reference to Copernicus. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you see, everyone thought he was crazy. But like he was right. So just own it. 
And like, yeah, I think if he'd own it, I'd have a little more respect for him. But also too, just like other stuff that happened this year, just, I don't know what he's smoking, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not the same Aaron Rodgers. And also one thing I didn't notice too, cause like he's been referred to as the goat. I mean, after Tom Brady, of course, um, he's a great quarterback. He's going to go down. And- oh yeah. He's a hall of famer for sure. He's only won one, one Super, Bowl. Super Bowl and he's only made it to one either. Yeah. Isn't that surprising? He's got this tradition of being so incredible during the regular season. And basically last night summed up his whole career of an MVP caliber season and then nothing in the playoffs. And the funny thing, by the way, is his Super Bowl came like uh, 12 years ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Early in his career. And you would think like, oh, man, he's going to win several. And here we are. He his career might even be over. We don't know. Well, we'll see. He'll play He'll play the victim somewhere or another. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, I didn't know how to handle this last night because I was watching and I so wanted to send snarky messages to you. I was sending snarky messages to my other friend. <laughs> I know, but the problem was I was like, I bet Kelly's cheering for Aaron Rodgers, or if not Aaron Rodgers, but I bet Kelly's cheering for the Packers and here I am celebrating that they just blew it. <laughs> I, was oh, no, like, I was celebrating as well. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, well, if only I'd known. Um, I'll be sending you a bunch of snarky comments about Tom Brady later. We're recording this earlier than we normally do because uh, there's not much going on these days. So schedule your podcasting around football. Yeah, I'll watch that game tonight. But I also saw a message on on Reddit that was kind of funny. The Packers, I guess, have that. This goes into why Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to the Super Bowl in a long time. But they've, in the past 10 years, they've had this record of losing the NFC championship in Lambeau Field. Yeah. They've done it multiple times. They've lost their 0-4 against the 49ers in playoff season, so not a great record. But this game was before the NFC Championship. So someone wrote a message saying, like, the curse continues because apparently this year they added an extra week to the season. They did, yeah. Yeah, so technically, if this were last year, that game would have been, today's date would have been the NFC Championship. So it's, <laughs> like, it, ha- it has nothing to do with the championship. It's all a lunar thing. <laughs> you know, they just, for some reason, uh, maybe, I think Mercury's in retrograde too this time of year. Like, it just doesn't do well with the Packers. <laughs> so uh, it made me laugh a little bit. Did that guy get that from Joe Rogan's podcast as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I did, I am one and two this weekend though, because I did pick the Bengals. And my friend told me, he was like, no, 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 you have to pick the Titans. They're like favorite to win. And I was like, no, all of my picks would be on the right hand side. And I just can't comfortably have like four home teams. I know I did the same thing. And it was like, they're, they're all the home teams and so far over two. But yes, yeah, Cincinnati. I went for the Bengals just because I just needed a non-home team pick. And I was correct. So. Okay. Yeah. I. I mean. I'm. I'm happy for Cincinnati. They haven't won a, a a playoff game. Their their win last week was their first playoff game in I think our lifetime. So like a long time. So good for them. I always. I always like too when they end those games because they ended on a like a field goal, right? Yeah. And I know I just kind of like those endings because like field goal is made and then they know they won and everyone just storms on the field and they take the kicker and they're like, woo. So it's a little more of an exciting finish compared to just like the clock runs out. And- oh, I know. It's it reminds me of like like curling. It's like making your last shot for the win. It all depends on that kicker. If he misses the shot, they I think they would have lost. Um, I I think they were tied. Yeah, they were tied. So they would have gone to overtime. Oh, okay. 
same with the Niners, like both field goals for for wins on the last play. But can you imagine like the, the nerves that a kicker must have to deal with? And you're kicking from the like 50th yard line. I know. And I'm thinking like, um, I guess we know about this. We've had to throw game winning curling shots in our lives. Um, but most of the games we've played in are in front of in front of like what? Us plus that other that one guy drinking a beer behind the glass. Like think about you've got millions and millions of people in these like small cities of San Francisco and millions of people watching on TV. I've went up on you. At least I've thrown shots to like win a provincial championship, which is very, very stressful. Right. But you weren't skipping. No. No, but I'm thinking like a shot for the win uh, where if you don't make it, you lose. Like we've all been through that, but in a high stakes game, like because I've played in some high stakes games too, where I'm like, I'm glad I'm not skipping here. You throw your second or thirds rock and you're okay. It's now it's not my problem anymore. Well, I've been like, like been in the house for the last rock for the provincial championships. And it, it is also stressful, but like, yeah, I get it. I guess you can kind of compare it to having to make a draw to the touch the button or something. Yeah, it, it's t- if you compare that to like winning, like making a field goal to win the game. It's like an easy shot, but it's also a lot harder when you add all that pressure Look at you, a draw to the button. <laughs> Easy shot. Well, no, we've all done draws to the button. But with the pressure on, like... Uh, exactly, it's just that much harder. That's it. And even at, like, the pro level, like, a draw just to the eight foot to win, which these elite curlers make look so easy, is never easy when there's something major riding on it. The funny thing that, uh, I mean, I can't really relate to having to do too many high-stakes shots, certainly not as a skip, but the one I did uh, was, like about a week before everything shut down back in 2020. Um, not with you, but with my other uh, league night game. How could this be high pressure? But we had a, we got an eight ender. And my shot for eight, I have never been so nervous in, that, <laughs> in my whole life. I could not feel my legs. They were trembling. I was so nervous. Yeah, well, you don't play skip very often. So, because like, I find there's, there's people who can skip and those who can't. And like being able to throw that shot under pressure is like kind of a hallmark of... Oh, I know. And I and I do a little bit like I've gotten into skipping a little bit more. And I think I've gotten okay at it because like I never skip with you there, but I do pretty much every other night. So I f- I've gotten way more comfortable with it over the years. And I'm not that nervous. But that changed everything. I don't know what happened. But I was like, Oh, my God, Oh, my God, I can't miss this. I can't miss this. Everybody's watching. Also, if I missed it, we would have lost the game. Not oh, just no. the eight ender, but we were we were down by two and they were shot. It's like if I down by two and ended up taking eight points. Yeah, we only needed three, but we decided to take eight. Hey, that's what yeah. you need. But now I remember back in my curling days when I was skipping that team, like because it is a lot of pressure, you know, like you miss your shot and there goes the game, or it could definitely um, affect the outcome of the game. And that was a thing too we discussed as a team. Like I was skipping, so I was throwing the last rock. But then we had that discussion of like, oh, you know, you feel bad if you miss, yada yada. But then you ask anyone else on the team, and no one wanted to throw the last rock, right? So it's yeah. Some people just they're like, no, thank you. I'd like to throw the fourth to last rock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like in, I haven't done it competitively very well. I have a little bit actually, but like I've kind of adopted the like the last rock the same way based on uh. Okay. Well, we shouldn't say this publicly, but. I curl with somebody who we feel should throw the last rock and we're sti- we're going to, oh, if you're yeah. listening, you know who you are and we're going to one day stage an intervention. Yeah. We've been working on this for what, yes. five years now? <laughs> haven't been successful. <laughs> That's I know, it. There's some people who are just like made to be skips and like can't And he's that. one of them? Yeah. 
I'm happy, by the way, because in doing this, he's made me a better skip in kind of forcing me to do it. So I've learned the hard way. However, it's time. It, the time has come. <laughs> the time has come. Once uh, the pandemic's over, you know, it'll be a new year, new uh, new season. Maybe it's the time yes. to become a skip. Hey, ha- ha- that's a really good segue, by the way, how we just to- we kind of just gradually transitioned from football to curling. I think yeah. that's pretty good. We only talked about football for 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty good. I thought we could go on for 45, so... Um, Probably could too. But hey, Kelly, the Scotty starts this week. I know, finally. Oh, and wait, I have to get this out there. I have to tell everybody um, how Kelly nearly ruined my whole week. Yeah, what did I do? Yeah, so there I was at work on... I don't know, it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week. It was one of those extremely busy days where I didn't get home till nine o'clock at night. I didn't even have time to check my phone and look through whatever was happening in the world. And there I am in the middle of work and I get a message from you and it says, the Scotties has been canceled and moved to April. Okay, wait, yeah, I sent this in our group chat with... Yes. But okay, in my defense... Oh, I know, I know. I I don't actually blame you, but I was... (laughs) I would have had a shock too. Well, I had a shock when I saw that headline, but it was just like Scotty's push to April, but it was the Ontario. Oh yeah. Cause it was the Ontario Scotty's push to April. And in my mind, I was like, Oh, well the Scotty's cause the Scotty's this year played in Ontario. So I just automatically thought <laughs> they were pushing them. And I, at first I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But continue your story. Sorry. <laughs> Well, it's not much of a story, except that like I was so busy that day that I just see that message. I put my phone back in my pocket and I'm just going, oh, no, what am I going to do next week? This is I've been looking forward to this and this is the worst thing. And then I didn't even have time to check my phone the rest of the day where you quickly corrected it and uh, revealed that actually, no, it's not canceled. It's uh, it's the Ontario Tournament of Hearts has been rescheduled to April. The Ontario Playdowns. Right. And then when I finally looked it up, I was like, I don't blame you for making that mistake. That was incredibly misleading, that headline. And also, why even bother to play it? Like, yeah. who wants to play in a provincials where the prize is just the banner and not actually going to a national event? I mean, I know there's a lot of money being offered here, which don't get me wrong, I would play it. But like, imagine the teams that win it. They're not going to be like jumping around celebrating. No. They're just like, oh, good. I think they just treat it like another cash bill because, yeah, the winner will get, I think it was 15000 It's quite a bit, and that will pay for a season, essentially. So if I were a, a team playing in Ontario, like, absolutely, we'd still go down and play. But yeah, like you said, the I think there's a little less excitement. Yeah, one of the things I thought about was... Um... I was thinking about Rachel uh, Rachel Holman's very poor performance at the Olympic trials. And I defended her because even though everyone will point to the fact that she finished in last place, the moment she was out of contention, uh, she was not going to be, um, trying to be fair here to her, but she was not going to be very invested in the rest of the tournament, right? This is a team that's here to win the whole thing. They're not here to just play for pride. So for them to be eliminated and to have like three round robin games left, no wonder they didn't play their best curling. So my question is, what if the same thing happens? Like, what if she goes to these arbitrary Ontario provincials, kind of starts poorly, and then just finishes in the last place? Yet she was selected to represent Ontario. Right. Um, originally, anyway. Uh, I don't know. It could be interesting. Like, would sh- will she do well in an Ontario provincial that basically means nothing? Good question. I think if she does finish last, uh, the rumor mill is going to be 
very active and a lot of people I think would be critiquing the team. I can see that happening. Yeah. You can also default that to like, oh, we haven't really been playing a lot because Homan was at the Olympics. Um, I don't know. I'm, you sure, I'm sure you can come up with a whole bunch of excuses, but it would be if they do end up in last place or not even last place, but just not in uh, like the playoffs. I wonder if that's going to trigger a change for next year because they would have at that point would have had just a bad season overall. Would they make a change, a player change? Would they make a coach change? Like, I don't know. It can. And uh, that day is coming because uh, you know what happens. It's the Olympics are already over. Um or not there, not what am I saying? The Olympic trials are over. We've got the tournament, it's a, a tournament of hearts and briar. And then that's when the first domino falls and all the team changes start coming. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's free agent season. Exactly. It's a free agent frenzy. And by the way, um, just something I was thinking about. Uh, hey, Brendan Botcher, you better... Just gonna say too. <laughs> yeah, Ber- Brendan Botcher still hasn't announced his... Uh... I've heard some, while Kelly does some research here, I've, I have read about some rumors. Uh, and of course, by rumors here, I'm going on the, the forums of Curling Zone. But I've read that some people th- project it'll be Tyler Tardy. Okay. And it's interesting because Tyler Tardy was for sure the number one seed in the BC Provincials and really did not play well. So uh, look at this. like I, That lends very well to Gossip Kelly. Just like maybe he had other plans. I don't know. <laughs> I said they haven't even put the teams. Oh yeah, for the Briar, like we'll have to wait because um, there's still it's still unclear how some provinces are going to decide. Like here in Quebec, the uh, men's provincials have been postponed, probably going to be canceled in the end, but uh, we don't know yet. Yeah, but curling Canada, like they haven't even updated any any teams. Okay, this isn't the nicest thing, but can we take a quick aside to say curling Canada's websites are just not that good. Oh, we've said this already before. <laughs> just curling websites in general are horrible. That's true. It's not just a Curling Canada thing, but it's hard to find. Let's see what Wikipedia says. So Wikipedia, they've already populated the teams that have been selected. So only three so far. Um, plus Yukon, we know the skip is Thomas Scoffin, but we don't know the rest of the team, who the rest of the team okay. will be. Uh, yeah, Brendan Botcher, they still have TBD as a... At third. Oh, very interesting. I mean, it's a tough choice because I've already told him that I'm not interested. So yeah. I have a feeling they're going to go with a younger player, maybe someone who's not fresh out of juniors, but I don't see them going for like an older player. No, I I, I agree with you. And I think that the other thing I, I expected it by now, because what I figured was happening was he was waiting for uh, the provincials, not that many men's provincials have happened, but for them to wrap up and to see how they played out. And for instance, in Alberta, I'm just going to throw out a name here like uh, Karsten Sturme or uh, somebody like that very young up and coming skip in Alberta or a Tyler Tardy out in BC. Somebody like that, I'm guessing. Yeah, I- Actually, you make a a good point because actually maybe he is in communication with some people in maybe Manitoba or Sask, like those provinces that haven't um, picked their team yet. So it's all on uh, like, sure, I'll join. Maybe they already have some like pre-contracts like, okay, I'll join the team uh, pending that I don't win the provincial spot with my team or something like that. Right. And uh, that's true. There's still some provincials that have to go ahead. So like a lot of them. Right. It's Alberta and BC are done. But um, will the others even take place? I don't know. So maybe that's why it's still up in the air. And also there's three wildcard spots again for the Briar. 
That's right. Same format as the Tournament of Hearts, which we'll get into, I guess. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you did not ruin my we- week in the end, uh, but you left me with this horrible, depressing feeling that day until I got home and actually ran through the list of messages and saw that you uh, that actually it was not it was the Ontario one, which yeah. I'm not as devastated about that being postponed. Although then I did actually just sorry, another quick aside yeah. before we get to curling. So I read, oh, wait, it's not canceled. Thank God. But then I, I read that um, Major League Baseball has arbitrarily decided that the idea of moving uh, the Tampa Bay Rays to Montreal is now not acceptable anymore. And they just killed the project this really? week. The idea of Montreal getting the baseball or sharing the baseball team with Tampa Bay is now over. Did they say why? No, they just, um, well, there's a lockout going on in baseball right now. So it's probably like some kind of... Uh, I don't know, deal with the players union, but they, they just walk out in terms of like the players are on strike. The players are on strike. Yeah. Oh, because so... they don't make enough money. Exactly. <laughs> the sport that has the highest paid athletes out of all professional sports. I, that's pretty much the story. Uh, wow. I don't know how accurate, but um... I think the ESPN guy should go on a rant for all the, to, against all those bas- uh, baseball players, because I have a hard time having sympathy for you when, or empathy for you when you make millions of dollars to play baseball. I know. And one of my goals is to uh, get Kelly more uh, to, okay, maybe not love baseball, but obviously Kelly is not a baseball fan and I'm still going to one day convert you. And this is not going to help. No, well, I'm saying if the Expos came back, I would get more into baseball because it's in our city and we can go watch a game. I'd yeah. be open to that. But uh, no, I'm not going to s- spend my Saturday afternoon watching baseball. No, and so I'm. I it that was pretty tough to read this week because uh, it's not a done deal that everything is dead, but it do- it it's a pretty big nail in the coffin for the project to bring a baseball team back. So all I can say is, Tom Brady, please save us. I know you put out a tweet last year about like, hey, everybody, I'm buying the 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 Rays and moving them to Montreal. <laughs> It was an April Fool's Day joke, which I did not take kindly to because nope. it got my hopes up. He even did a really good job photoshopping like himself into the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, I remember that tweet. That was amazing. So come on, Tom, put your money where your where your mouth is and please do this. It's up to you now. <laughs> if he doesn't win tonight, be like, Tom, action plan B right now. That's um, it. But so they, did they not give an, a, a reason why the deal was canned? No, just just baseball decided, no, this is not acceptable. Wow. Not acceptable uh, is is interesting phrasing too. Yeah, like I'm I'm paraphrasing, but there was not much of a reason given. It was just kind of killed. Oh, that's a shame. I know. So that ruined my week. Not your your news story in the end. (laughs) But okay, let's improve the mood. Let's, uh, Let's get into the tournament of hearts because it's starting this week. On the 28th. Right. So Friday night, it's going to all get started. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, I guess a few draws have already happened. Um, But we're doing this a week before, so we don't know what's going to happen yet. But so there's 18 teams, like we said this year. Uh, They originally were going to go back to the traditional format, but due to everything getting canceled again, uh, we're back to 18 teams like we had last year. Do you want to run through the teams, I guess? Yeah. Uh, and I also want to add to this here. Uh, so it is going forward, uh, being played in Thunder Bay. But uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it will be an empty stadium. It will be until the playoffs. Apparently, they're going to allow some fans in for the playoffs. But the round robin will be without fans. I don't really know. It's uh, But you know what? I'm so tired of trying to justify what's right and what's wrong with COVID that well, I don't the know. Thing is, it's just interesting, too, because 
if this were played in oh, Kingston, Cal Calgary, I'm surprised it didn't move it to Calgary, to be honest. <laughs> um, if it was in a more met uh, metropolitan center, I can see adding, allowing people to come in for playoffs because people already live there. But Thunder Bay is a very isolated place. Yeah, it's probably not built to handle a surge. Of <laughs> yeah, so I don't see a lot of people just flying in for for uh, the playoffs. But yeah, whatever. I guess if I were in Thunder Bay, I would probably go watch the game. Too. Yeah, it would just be, I guess, for the families, like if yeah. they can. And again, I, I'm tired of specul or tired of trying to decide what's right and what's wrong. But I would like to think that having a few masked fans in sitting far apart because let's be honest kelly there's not real uh fans in curling stands have been social distancing since before the pandemic exactly. i was gonna say even before the pandemic it was easy to social distance <laughs> i remember i've been to a couple um games in the arena and you know at first you just go to the seat and we walk right down to the front row <laughs> yeah and then if there's like a lot of people around and then there's this whole other open space like i'm just gonna go sit over there like, yeah you choose your seat this seat on the ticket doesn't mean anything. No, exactly. I go, I reference it for when I walk in and then that's pretty much it. Uh, so that's happening this week. Uh, yeah, let's do the teams. All right. So we're going to start with Team Canada from the Gimli Curling Club in Manitoba. Uh, we have Skip Carrie Einerson um, with the same team she had last year. So Val Sweeting, Shannon Burchard, Brian Mayer, and Reed Carruthers. As Reed their, Carruthers. I just as saw that. Coach. Going for the three-peat. Yeah, so I hope that they do well. I'd like to see them. Their year so far has been kind of meh. It probably is for many teams because like the whole world is kind of meh to use your word. Uh, but I was surprised at how they were not so strong at the trials. Yeah, that's it. I say meh, but I only have the trials to go on. <laughs> really? <laughs> so Actually, that and last year's Worlds, that was not very good either. Yeah, so. but then also for the world, like Einerson had been in the bubble for like two months by then. Oh, yeah. So like, I'm sure that had an effect on, on things. Yeah. Honestly, like, we'll get to our predictions later, but how can this team not go? This is Shannon Burchard at the Tournament of Hearts. She's batting <laughs> She's batting a thousand at Tournament of Hearts. So Exactly. They'll be around. Like, I can see them at least making the playoffs. Yeah. Then we move on to Team Alberta. So we have uh, Lara Walker with her team, Kate Cameron, Taylor McDonald, Nadine Scotland, and Dana Ferguson as the alternate. So I think they will be a strong team. I think so too. Um, they, I'm just going by the Alberta Provincials. They uh, they did very well there. I watched a little bit of that. Um, and they did well hey, the they trials. did well at the. They did. Did they? I can't remember. I don't. They did like acceptable. Okay, yeah. Actually, no. I remember because I predicted them to actually make the top three, which they did not. Oh, okay. So, but they had a very good run at last year's Tournament of Hearts. So they'll be a, a good team. Uh, then we got team uh, the OG team from British Columbia <laughs> with uh, Marianne Arsenault, Gina Schrader, Sasha Carter, and Renee Simmons. No offense to uh, Morgan Muiz, the alternate, but what a blown opportunity not having Kelly Scott. Ke Kelly Scott, like your team is, is there, not you, but I'm sure she has other things going on. I'm kind of excited to watch that team. I did see them a little bit in the BC Provincials, but I got to say, it's an interesting to see uh, the these legendary BC curlers back. I don't know how I feel, like how I feel they will perform. I think they'll either like surprise us all and end up in the playoffs or they'll just like barely make it to the championship round. Yeah, because they're all they they're all 
they've all got to be past their prime. I mean, they're yeah. with respect, they're the average age on this team is going to be uh, a little bit up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had a lot of success during their prime. Oh, yeah. Like, it'd be interesting to add up the number of Tournament of Hearts they've all won combined. It's definitely over 10. Like, I don't know what it is, but or okay, don't quote me on that. I'll look it up later. But they've got a lot of combined Tournament of Hearts between them. I remember in the era of Kelly Scott, uh, and Gina Schrader was her third. And at the time, Gina was like probably the best third. Oh, I think so too. I think she was heart. the top third probably in the world. Oh yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, this is back in what, the mid-2000s? Late 2000s? Yeah, just about. And uh, like they were the, the best team in Canada for a good, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say very long stretch of time, maybe like only three years-ish. Yeah. But um like jennifer jones kind of took that over but yeah jones came up right after her but then also some of them some of the players like they took time off because you know babies so that definitely like changes the dynamic of the team but no they were i remember like when i first started curling and started watching it on tv like they were definitely um the team to watch do you still think of like that team whenever you hear nine and a half (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that <laughs> they coined that um the throwing nine and a half hog to hog weight but kelly scott would always say it in such a distinctive voice that kelly just nailed um it and, was like nine and a half gina <laughs> oh i know and whenever something in life comes up where the answer like where nine and a half which doesn't come up very often but if like something at the store is nine dollars and fifty cents i just think nine and a half if I'm doing a math problem in school and with these kids that I teach and the answer comes out to 9.5, I'm just thinking, I don't know. I wonder if uh, Marianne Arsenault is going to adopt that phrase during the tournament. I that doubt it. She doesn't seem like that kind of person. No. But here's to hoping, right? Yes. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, so we have mm-hmm. Team Manitoba from the Altona Curling Club. Uh, so we've seen this team before. Uh, Mackenzie Zacharias, uh, Carly Burgess, Emily Zacharias. Lauren Larentine and uh, Lori Olson-Johns. Lori Olson-Johns is an interesting alternate. She's been around for a while. Back with the Kathy King team from way back when. Because I was like, I recognize this name. (laughs) My favorite thing with her was, remember when Val Sweeting was skipping out of Alberta? Yeah. And she had a pretty good team. They were up and coming and they were getting to the final of Alberta. And I believe, I might have this wrong, but when Joanne Courtney left them, to go play with Rachel Holman. They needed a new third and they recruited uh, Andrea Crawford from New Brunswick, which was a pretty good import. Uh, But then for whatever reason, I don't know, but um, Andrea had to leave the team right around the time of provincials. So they had no third. And this is not like botcher. There was no personal reasons here. Uh, They had to find, or maybe there was, but Whatever it was, they didn't fire her. They she had to leave, and they had no third, and so they randomly recruited Lori Olson Johns, and they won Alberta. They nearly won Canada. They went to the final of the Tournament of Hearts. It was quite a story. It's funny you mention Val Sweden when she was skipping her team because I remember when that team first started having success, people thought like, okay, this is like the next great thing. This is like the next team that's going to be beating Jennifer Jones. And they just never really met. Like they kind of ended before they really were able to do something. Yeah. What's interesting is all four of them have won national titles, just not together. Yeah. It was, it's uh, really interesting. And like the, the front end went on to play with other people, Val Sweden, 
went on to play with other people. So yeah, it, that team just kind of like... It's too bad. They could have been very good. They were good. And I do remember when Joanne Courtney left to go play with Holman. That was a ooh moment where everyone was like, oh my God. I know. And I don't like that aspect of team changes. I have to say like, you know how we were speculating that maybe Tyler Tardy goes to join Team Botcher? That would be unfortunate in my opinion, because this has been a really good up and coming team out of BC. And I don't like the idea that like a skip gets poached and sent to another team. And, you know, you've had a team that's like developed for so many years and all of a sudden you lose your skip. Yeah, but that's part of the game. It is. I just I don't know. Yeah, it's a team sport um, and it's all about team spirit and you really want to like form a good team. But also at the end of the day, it's like every man for himself. Like if you get a good opportunity, like it's your life. Oh yeah, I suppose. It's just that it had to, I'm assuming that the feeling was not very good when Team Sweden oh, no. found out we're losing Joanne Courtney, our third, our killer sweeper. Yeah, to go play with Homan, our, to, yeah, our to make an strong team even stronger. It was like, yeah. oh. Anyway, let's move on. So uh, from Team New Brunswick, uh, we have Andrea Crawford, uh, Sylvie Killian, Jillian Babin, Katie Forward. So Andrea Crawford has come out of New Brunswick many, many times. I guess she just yeah. New Brunswick and had to go back there. This also happened years ago when this all happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's she's had some success, but never really as much as I felt she should have. It's one of those provinces, kind of like uh, Menard in Quebec. Like they're obviously a talented team, but they just don't have the exposure that the Western provinces have to, you know, competition and the funding and all that to like bring them to that next level. That's right. Because like she was a junior champion. Um, And there was a lot of talk about her taking that into uh, her adult career and it never really materialized. I think the fact that you stay in New Brunswick has a big part in that. <laughs> no, not to shame, but like it's the same thing in Quebec or any other maritime province. No, it's it's just funny because uh, there go there we go on New Brunswick again. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not an insult; it's the truth. It's Unfortunately, the truth, yeah. there's no um, high performance curling um, resources really of any kind uh, anywhere east of Ontario, and I think that has to change. But yeah, even in Ontario, it's. Uh not the best it's not like it is in western canada but yes that's a that's a podcast for another time uh so if we keep moving east we have a team newfoundland newfoundland and labrador skipped by sarah hill uh kelly sharp beth hamilton adrian mercer and that team was their last or i don't know about the whole team but sarah hill at least was skipping the newfoundland team last year they had a bit of a rough time um but they were a rookie team out of Newfoundland. I mean, mm-hmm. you're probably in a little bit over their heads. I yeah, I don't think they will be making the championship round. No, but the next team may. Maybe Team Northern Ontario: uh, Krista McCarvel, uh, Kendra Lilly, Ashley Sipala, and Sarah Potts. Um, I feel like this is the only team that exists in Northern Ontario <laughs> because we always see them. <laughs> I remember they opted out last year um, and they were replaced by Krista Burns, who is an up and coming team out of North Ontario. And we made the very good point is of that name a team out of North Ontario, not skipped by somebody named Krista. (laughs) But anyway, uh, here they are. They did very well at the trials. Um, They exceeded expectations, I would say. I mean, they're always like a, a tough team to beat. I don't think anybody had them making the top three at the trials. This is a team that kind of like a lot of eastern provinces they just don't travel much one because they're in Sudbury and two they also have you know life commitments um so they don't travel as much yet they just they always manage to perform really well I know at these um championships 
and the fun that's why i argue that um i know i've said this before but krista mccarvel should be a hall of fame curler mm-hmm. her uh jean-michel menard is another example of somebody who i'm just wondering how good would they have been had they had the same resources that a team like jennifer jones or homan has yeah and it's uh it's a question I'll always wonder about, especially with Team McCarvel, because the other vibe I get from watching them play is that I feel like every time she comes up to shoot, she has to bail her team out. I don't know if that's just me. Like, this is very anecdotal, but I feel like she is saving her team end in and end out. And uh, I'm just thinking, like, she's a hell of a curler. A name that we'll remember for a very long time. That's for Yeah, sure. should be a Hall of Fame curler, if yeah. even though she probably will never win a title. Then we have Team Northwest Territories from the Yellowknife Curling Club. Uh, you know, same team as always. Joanne Rizzo, uh, Sarah Colton, Margaret Fleming, and Carrie Galusha, who is skipped but throws lead. Throwing lead. I was about to ask that. Yeah, that's uh, they've listed that weirdly. So I guess she's throwing lead. Interesting. That's, that's a change. Um, then we move on to Team Nova Scotia. Uh, skipped by Christine Black, Jen Baxter, Carly Everest, Shelley Barker, and alternate Carol Mc- And did you ever listen to the, the uh, Vinyl Cafe? Very random aside <laughs> <Yes>. here. <laughs> With Stuart McLean, because apparently yes. he's coaching the Nova Scotia team. But is, is it, it's not the same Stuart McLean. No, fortunately, Stuart McLean from Vinyl Cafe has since passed away. Oh, um, okay. Yes. But I used to like that show too. Uh, but anyways... Remember. Personal story here on Sundays, uh, we often, um, with my family, we'd go to brunch and stuff like that. Because it played on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And uh, that's what was playing in the car is Vinyl Cafe. Poorly one morning and headed to the... (laughs) I I didn't really like listening to it, but that was uh, was playing on the radio. I know. I used to cringe at it. And then as I got older, I was like, this guy's actually pretty funny. I... I (laughs) kind of liked it i was anyway um so no it's a different Stuart mclean uh coaching the the nova scotia team and uh christina black's been there a few times um with i think some members of that team they were playing with marianne arsenault before she, okay, she uh, left. left for bc um then we have team nunavut from the Calloway curling club brigitte mcphail sadie pinkson caitlin mcdonald and allison taylor Probably will not be making the championship round. No, it's pretty safe to say. Um, but I will say a few of them have been there now several times now. So hopefully... This is the thing with the North is it's, I mean, due to the lack of population, it's most often uh, the same team going every year. Yeah, here we were saying there's a lack of resources in Atlantic Canada. Well, that's nothing compared to the North. Um, then Team Ontario from Woodstock Curling Club. Uh, we have Holly Duncan, Megan Balston... Rachel Strybosch, Tess Bobby, and Julie Tippin. So they were the nominated team uh, because Holman is going to the Olympics, so they got the spot. Very happy that they did get in in the end because uh, we've we've talked about it a lot already. But that was a weird situation for them to have to be put through. Exactly. Uh, then Team Prince Edward Island from the Montague and Cornwall Montague, Cur- I believe. Montague uh, Curling Clubs. Old veteran Suzanne Burt, uh, Mary Christensen, Megan Hughes, and Michelle Quaid. Uh, so this is a team that comes out of PEI almost every year. And they, they do pretty well. Yeah. I, I get really frustrated by this team, I have to be honest, because I feel like they're always ready to break through. They'll do something like they'll beat Jennifer Jones. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what? And now, then they'll beat Rachel Holman. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at PEI go. And then they'll go and lose to, uh, with respect here, UConn or something like that. <laughs> they get derailed, I guess. So the, very inconsistent. But 
Well, this is also another similar to New Brunswick. Like, I feel if, if this team was in Alberta, they may have a little more success. It'd be a, like a, a different team. Absolutely. Suzanne Burt, then Suzanne Goody, was a very, very decorated junior curler. And when she came out of juniors, her team was um, so on fire. I have to go by like what people tell me here because this is a little bit before my time. I vaguely remember this, but her team uh, out of juniors was like the number one team in the world. And they made their first tournament of hearts. And I think they went 10 and one, but they wow. lost in the playoffs, but they had a killer week. And then they've no, they've never been anywhere near as good. And that's the thing life gets in the way too. So um. yeah. Um, so then uh, we have the team from La Belle Province, uh, Team Quebec, same one from last year. Uh, Lucky Saint-Georges, Haley Armstrong, Emily Riley, and Cynthia Saint-Georges uh, with the alternate of Alana Rutledge. We'll see if uh, they continue on uh, their success they had last year. Yeah, uh, we'll get to the rankings in a bit, but they're seated very low. Really? Which well, I th- it's all based on how much they've played, I think. So, but... It has to do with the points. The C- exactly. C- 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 points. Yeah, they're seated almost next to last, but like uh, expect them to be better than that. We have Team Saskatchewan from the Moose Jaw Ford Curling Center, skipped by Penny Barker, uh, Christy Gamble, Jenna Eng- Eng- Engi, uh, Danielle Sichinski, alternate Amber Holland. Yeah, Amber Holland is the alternate. Uh, can't go wrong, right? Or can you? I don't know. Saskatchewan <laughs> has not had a lot of success in the Scotties for quite a while. It's true. Well, the last person to win it from Saskatchewan was Amber Holland. So oh, well. might as well have her in some form. So moving on, we have Team Yukon from the Whitehorse Curling Club. Uh, Haley Burney, Patricia Wallingham, Carrie Campbell, Kimberly Tour, and alternate Stephanie Brown. Can you pronounce the coach's name? Oh, Bill Treherd. Like, which I guess we can because we've... We know him. <laughs> we know Bill. But <laughs> the first time I saw that name, I was like, oh boy, how do you pronounce that? Oh, yeah, it has a lot of uh, shush sounds. And then the wild cards. Yes, so wild card one from the East St. Paul Curling Club, Manitoba. Uh, Tracy Flurry, Selena Negevin, uh, Liz Fife, uh, and Kristen McCush. And coach Sherry Madaw. Although we knew, that, well, she was at the trials, but I forgot everything from the trials. So hopefully um, they can get a little redemption and maybe win this year maybe i'd be Um, happy to see them win i would yeah i feel i really felt bad for them at the trials so i hope they uh i hope they get their title team wildcard two rob's favorite team from the highland curling club in regina Uh, at least two (laughs) chelsea (laughs) carey jolene campbell stephanie schmidt uh, jennifer armstrong and rachel erickson as the alternate with coach colin hobson good for you colin Colin and Chelsea, they uh, play mixed doubles together, actually. Oh, that's true. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, they have a strong partnership. So I guess they're, he brought them along. <laughs> um, and then finally, wildcard three, although she is in the picture, uh, but is not playing, Homan's team without Homan. Uh, so it will be skipped by Emma Miskew, third Sal Wil- Sarah Wilkes, Ali Flaxy, and Joanne Courtney. With coach Marcel Rock, the uh, Randy Furby coaching experiment was short-lived, unfortunately. But Marcel Rock is part of the Randy Furby... Yeah, close enough. Well, they play on the same Dynasty. Team. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. So it's the same thing. I call I treat yeah. it the same. So uh, this means that we need, now need to pick our top three and our winner. Right. And while we do this, we should just quickly throw out there that... Um, so there's that's 18 teams, so it's a lot. Um, but the format, Kelly, is different this year than it was last year. 
Okay. Or they've tweaked it because last year they did um, the traditional two pools with the top four advancing to a championship pool where they kept going against each other. And then they did um, the team that finished first got a bye to the final in two versus three. And I think the complaint was last year that with 18 teams, only three teams make the playoffs. So I guess it was deemed a little bit too exclusive. So they've brought back the plate, the, the plage, the page playoff this year. Uh, but they had to change the format as a result. Oh, to add in the extra game? Yeah. So what's going to happen is there's two pools of nine. So each team will play eight games. So eight game round robin. But they're only going to take the top three out of each pool instead oh. of the top four. Okay. So only the top three, whoever finishes first in each pool is going to get a bye. Right. And then two will play three from the opposite pool. Okay. Whoever loses those games are out. Okay. Like right away. Yeah. And whoever wins, well, that uh, will get to a point where there's four teams left. The winner of the two, three game plus whoever finished first, those will be the four teams left and they will go into a page eventually. Okay. We can get into this next week once we have. Yeah. But okay. I, I mean, I'm, I think I follow you, but I need a visual representation. I know. I, I only was able to explain it because I saw like a picture of it earlier this week. Because when I read the text, I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> so we'll get into whether we like it or not next week. But for now, it just means that only three teams are coming out of each pool. So I'll just quickly give you the, the pools or I guess. Um, so pool A, I'll give them to you in the order of which they're ranked. So the number one, <laughs> pool A is wildcard one, wildcard two, wildcard three. Okay. <laughs> they're all in the same pool. Uh, so that's Fleury, Carey, Homan. Uh, then you've got Saskatchewan, then North Ontario with McCarville, uh, New Brunswick, Crawford, Prince Edward Island, Burt, uh, Newfoundland, Hill, and Nunavut, McPhail. So that is your pool A. That is the order in which they're ranked. Again, don't put too much stock into the way they're ranked because it's based on how much they've played. Like, for instance, I think McCarville should be maybe ranked higher. But anyway, uh, and then pool B, you've got Alberta Walker, Canada Einerson, Manitoba Zacharias, Ontario Duncan, uh, Northwest Galusha, Nova Scotia Black, BC Arsenault, Quebec Saint-Georges, and Yukon Bernie. Okay. So only three making it out of each so i'll get i'll give you my picks first okay so we're doing top three here alberta is going to be one of them uh flurry is going to be another you've got your pool a and pool b representatives there yep and then the other one i'm gonna go oh should i do them i'm gonna go with mccarville and the winner alberta um oh alberta winning the whole thing interesting yeah i'm just gonna Uh, go with that Okay, I am, first of all, just a quick glance here. I think that Pool A looks much stronger than Pool B, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing so far. Uh, But, oh oh boy. Okay, I'm going to go with Flurry. I think she'll bounce back uh, as being one of them. Uh, Let's go with, I'll go with Walker as well. Okay, and I'm going to do this one just to be interesting here. Let's let's call Rachel Homan sans Rachel. What if we have a the football equivalent of a quarterback controversy? What if they win without Rachel? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say Team Homan just for that, just to see, uh, just to uh, stir the pot a little bit. Okay, here's an interesting question then. If, let's say, Homan does win the Scotties, like the team, would Homan skip the world championship? I think she would. 
I think, like, I believe that's what happened when uh, Jennifer Jones won the the Tournament of Hearts without Caitlin during the last Olympics. Like, Caitlin rejoined them for the Worlds, and I think they won those Worlds, too. Uh, they did bring along Shannon Burchard to be the alternate, and, I mean, it was not awkward. She knew she was a guest yeah. on that team. But it would just be interesting if the team that's been kind of shaky all of a sudden found their footing without their skip. This is how Tom Brady and every great quarterback got started. Like, there's an injury, got to come in, and like, oh, whoa, this backup guy's way better. <laughs> yeah, let's stick with him. But I don't think that's going to happen here. No, and I got to pick a winner for the whole thing. So I'll say Flurry. Oh, I thought you picked Homan. Okay. No, I, I'll pick Homan to get in there, but... Um, okay, but Flurry to win. But Flurry to win. All right, well, we'll uh, catch you in uh, two weeks <laughs> when we'll actually record the, the podcast where we uh, reveal... Uh, the winners and see if we picked right and if you know our tracker track record says anything both of these teams aren't gonna make it <laughs> no but you know what we are getting a little bit better okay maybe not i was starting to think that we were getting a bit better with that like we called the john morris rachel homan thing early on well that was pretty obvious well i don't know a lot of people i've been talking to don't agree with us so um i think yeah, but it's more o- i think it's more obvious than the picks we have here <laughs> Maybe so, and I'm still going to take it and be like, hey, look at us. We finally got something because uh, football kind of changed that around this week. So yeah. <laughs> don't count on us. All right. Well, uh, the next football game is starting in uh, not too long. So we better log off and uh, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye.